This is Roof English Radio with Darenata, daily English language radio from Iceland's national broadcaster, Roof. Hello, this is Roof English Radio. I'm Darren Adam. Thanks very much for your company today. It's Tuesday afternoon as I sit here, just gone three o'clock, and we can say that as of now, as of 3pm GMT on the 21st of November, there has been no eruption across the Reykjanes Peninsula or in Grindavik. It is worth mentioning, though, that the Icelandic Met Office say that the strong winds which are affecting much of the west of the country, indeed as we sit here there are more yellow warnings of strong winds sweeping into the west of Iceland. With those strong winds, the uh, sensitivity of their seismometers, the sensitivity of their devices does decrease a little and they may have missed some minor earthquakes, for example, that have taken place since midnight and it's just worth bearing in mind that the devices that they use to detect all kinds of seismic activity, including volcanic eruptions, is maybe imperiled a little bit by the strong winds. I'm absolutely certain they would not miss, however, any volcanic eruption if it does happen. But to underline again, particularly for any influencers listening who want to uh, stick up on social media, old footage of old eruptions, sometimes not even from Iceland. There has been no volcanic eruption across the Reykjanes Peninsula or in Grindavik as we sit here. Uh, what else is worth mentioning? Uh, once again today, more than 100 property owners were able to return to the town of Grindavik. That's now a pretty, pretty much a daily process where people are allowed to back in, allowed back into the town to rescue valuable items from their homes. And indeed, business owners can go into the town as well for these very limited periods. There is, I believe, some hope that if we maintain this period of what seems to be incredible geological and seismic stability, given where we started with the earthquakes in Grindavik, there is, I think, a plan to allow homeowners on the basis that they won't be returning permanently to their homes for some time, to allow them back in, maybe to empty their homes, maybe to move rather more than just the valuables and the essential items that you could grab if you were given five minutes. The Icelandic Met Office has also yesterday issued a new risk assessment map showing the three danger zones uh, near to Grindavik, and one of the zones was, in fact, widened. Um, this means that the possibility of earthquakes striking is now something that exists over a rather larger area than was the case. You can find information on all this, by the way, on our live blog. Just go to ruv.is forward slash English, and there you will find right at the top of the page, the live blog. Lots of other news, of course, taking place in Iceland as well. We continue to cover that. But right at the top of our page is where you'll find the live blog with information as it emerges. Also, I think something worth mentioning. Speaking to Ruv yesterday was Otti Raven Sigmarsson, who is a rescue worker with the Thorbjörn rescue team in Grindavik saying that he thinks the damage to houses and other buildings in the town is actually less than many people think. So another very positive message coming from the rescue teams that are in the town. Uh, he points out that on Sunday, about 180 homes were without heat out of 1,000 homes, but a repair, he thinks, has reduced that number by half. He says if the whole town has electricity and many institutions are intact, such as, for example, the sports facilities, the kindergarten, it should not take too long to start operations back up again when those people who've been evacuated from Grindavik get a chance to return 
to the town permanently. And of course, that has to be very much what we still hope will happen as we sit here on Tuesday afternoon with no eruption. The possibility that this ends with no eruption, that this particular magma intrusion, which extends 15 kilometres from the middle of the Reykjanes Peninsula out into the sea under the northwest part of the town of Grindavik, entirely possible. Although maybe not the most likely option, but entirely possible and maybe becoming more possible, becoming more likely that all of this ends without a volcanic eruption at all. We just don't know at this stage. And as I have said to a number of foreign media outlets in the last week or so, we aren't going to know what the Earth is trying to tell us until it has told us until we know how this ends. That's what the experts have been telling me anyway. So it's Roof English Radio. As I say, the very latest on everything happening or not happening in and around and under the Reykjanes Peninsula and Grindavik on the Roof website, ruv.is slash English. But in the second part of our programme today, as promised, we're going to look ahead to an event that comes to the Nordic House in Reykjavik in just a couple of days' time, on Thursday, the 23rd of November. And it's to do with fast fashion. This is the idea that consumers can buy and discard huge amounts of poor quality clothing, which has some negative environmental effects, to say the least. Well, on Thursday, the 23rd of November, which is a couple of days away from today, if you're listening to this as the conversation is published, the Icelandic textile artist Eir is going to be offering her guidance, and there'll be inspiration as well from RenewCell, which is a Swedish company, the Nordic Council Environment Prize winner for 2023. They're working together to give you the chance this week at the Nordic House to breathe new life into old clothes and to uncover ways to break up with fast fashion. Now, Ir, who lives in Berlin, she's obviously coming back for this particular event, but she... Uh, was briefly back in Iceland about 10 days ago. And so busy was Ir that the only chance we had to get together to have a conversation was as she and we, I guess, walked her dog in Kupovo. We're talking about an event coming to the Nordic House on the 23rd of November, Escaping Fast Fashion, How You Can Act for Change. And you are a textile artist here with a particular interest in this. Tell me a little bit about just how much environmental damage is done, I guess, by what we call fast fashion. It's been uh, growing quite fast, especially in the Nordic countries uh, since like the early 2000s. I think like the, the if it's just counted in like kilos every year yeah. that we consume of textiles, I think it's like reaching 20 kilos a year or something. It's fashion that is uh, produced in like a mass, so uh, a big mass of uh, yes textiles and like if you imagine the 20 kilos a year for each person, it's it's yes. a lot. Yes. So it, and it's fast in a sense like why would we need 20 kilos each year? Uh, it's that's very fast, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's also produced in like a really. Um, it's the way it's produced is bad for the environment. It's also bad for a lot of the people that are producing. So it's like both. Uh, uh, like it often is like it's both an environmental and humanitarian like uh, problem that we have been growing sure. <laughs> for ourselves, okay. just so we can. Yeah, we're the newest trend. And what also tends to be, because they want it to be fast, so the fashion tends to be really badly made. So it, 
it not only it does it's not that it goes out of fashion it's also uh, you wash it two times and it's already yeah. ruined it's not even that it is good quality uh, yeah though so it's like it's yeah. both the thing they also it's the bad quality and also how how they create this kind of like trend every year new and new trends yes for everyone so yeah it's both that the the clothes don't last and also the want for each garment doesn't last yeah. Now you are a textile artist. Tell me a little bit about the work that you do and the work that you create, and and what you'll be bringing to the Nordic House. Uh, so for the Nordic House, I will bring my uh, workshop that I've been teaching now for what two years, like a similar, like it always changes a bit, um, and it's a I'm a mending workshop. So it, uh, I'm teaching like a really really simple technique on how you can mend mostly like knitted garments and you can mend it like in a very creative way so it's, it's both an easy technique that fixes holes or stains uh, but it's also very creative because it's almost like painting on the clothes with mm. wool so it also makes the garment more uh, personalized and it, it that also uh, I'm going to come around this side because your dog is determined to, to <laughs> sniff what's going on on the left hand side sorry carry on <laughs> no, yeah, so the, so the um, uh, value increases by also spending time, first yes. of all, fixing your clothes, uh, and also by yeah, it, it changes and it and it turns into something personal. You can put personal messages. You can mm. yeah uh, express yourself a little bit uh, with this technique. So like that's the focus for the workshop in the Nordic House. Okay. Uh, and your own work as a textile artist, uh, when you aren't doing something like this, what kind of art do you produce? So I work mostly with sweaters and I worked with the Red Cross here in Iceland and I also work with a similar program in Berlin where I live. Um, and it's all sweaters that have ended up in the, not the trash, but like the recycling bins. Yes, yes. <laughs> and it's the sweaters that there is something uh, that has happened to them. They have holes, they have stains or something wrong with them. So. Uh, they are more thrown away than like maybe better quality or in good condition stuff so they can't sell it so I take those sweaters and turn them kind of into new just like completely new sweaters I give them a complete makeover yes. and then my last projects I've more focused on turning them into kind of like characters so if you see that like really fun it's, it's kind of like a humorous way to approach this serious subject it's instead like yeah throwing it away you see this kind of like face and you cannot look it in the eye and throw it in the trash so it's like okay. a, uh, a fun approach to this uh, serious matter and going back then to the event at the nordic house i can't even mend a pair of socks i'm completely oh, yeah. useless i can't sew i can't knit do you need any special skills to take part uh, not for this uh, specific uh, technique i'm teaching the needle felting you don't uh, you don't have to have any knowledge prior to attending <laughs> yeah so yeah, and it's also going to be fun for this event. I, I had a, a similar collaboration with the Nordic Environmental Prize earlier this year in Bornholm in Denmark. And then we did this kind of workshop and how they set it up was I started it. The technique is super simple. So you can still keep on working on, on the mending, but at the same time they were having Q&As and talks from uh, environmentalists or people that work in this fashion industry like for now in the Nordic house they will have the winner of the environmental prize and that's uh, Renewcell isn't it from Sweden and they'll be bringing 
different approaches to sustainable fashion as well to the event. Yes, yeah. uh, and it's a really like fun setup of it is that you get the knowledge, you, get, you learn something new by listening to the talks and the Q&As, but at the same time you are kind of doing some kind of action by being there and mending your clothes and like trying out this technique. So it's like, yeah, just uh, the best use of your time in yes, one place. Yes. Why do you think the Nordics particularly enjoy and you know use fast fashion perhaps more than other countries is it a more fashionable place or, or more wasteful or <laughs> i think so it's just we we think this like the culture we have built is like we have the environment like we have the money and uh, they want the economy to grow so it's easy to to target us with this uh, yes. kind of thing Oh no, another dog is Another dog has been <laughs> spotted on the walk and there's mutual interest by the, by the looks of it. Yeah. But I think it's all quite friendly. We'll yeah. we'll do our best just to, <laughs> to walk past. Now, we said that you were, you are of course from Iceland, but you're just back in Iceland for a, a few days for this event and a few other things as well. You don't live in Iceland? Uh, no, I, I live now in Berlin, but I'm actually moving back in January, so... It's Iceland is calling me to go back. Um, is it? Is yeah, it? it's just, <laughs> I feel like uh, I, I've been almost 50-50 this year in Berlin or in Iceland. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, I have I have also most of my machines and tools and stuff are still in Iceland. Okay. They're too big to move. Or like new machines I've gotten with Fleta and another knitting machine I've waited for for six years. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm coming back. You're coming back, <laughs> yeah. okay. And you will continue to work as a textile artist here in Iceland when you return. Yeah, yeah. that's the plan is to keep on uh, on my like more personal work and to also keep on teaching these workshops and kind of evolving, evolving them. I kind of want to also start experimenting if there are like different kind of workshops to teach. I've been teaching this Kind of similar workshop is part of my master's uh, final project in master's in Lista Haskoli I did two years ago. Um, and I, I want to like expand it and I feel like yeah. I have more network here and space to, to do that. Do you think that attitudes are changing in Germany, here, in other places? Is there a sense that fast fashion is going to become less popular for some of the reasons that you've mentioned? Yeah, I hope so. I hope it's also like it is quite strong, I feel, to have the Nordics focusing on it because Nordics have a big influence in like design and and fashion yes so if this I hope it's not just a trend I hope like if, if things start to change more here it also yeah. uh, I feel like yeah it's it's a very fashionable area like with Finland and and uh, Sweden Denmark Norway like uh, people look up to the Nordics yes. in the style and sense so so I think they have a really strong voice in this and vintage clothing has become really popular in, yeah. in recent years. Has that happened here as well, that people will go to Kolopotith now and they will see something they really want to wear? Yeah, I feel like now in Iceland it's more it's stronger now to resell in like the Vestlanerhöll in Hringkjökjan kind of system. I don't know the English word for that kind of store. But, but it's, yeah. it's the sort of second-hand recycling store, yeah. I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, it's like a, a different version of, of the old Kolaports. You don't have yeah. to stand there and sell your clothes. You just <laughs> leave them there for like a week. And it's a really, it's a easier, it's a really much more approachable system. Yes. Um, I think there's one in one of the malls and there's one on Gertiskata, I think, as well. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah, it's... Uh, 
it's I feel like but I hope it's not just my bubble that I, I see it <laughs> happening. But I feel like they like you can see the new and new stores popping up that have this kind of system. So that's good to yeah. see. For now, thank you very much, Ian. Good luck with the event on the 23rd of yeah. November, which is later on this week, if you're listening to this conversation when it's published. And I'm glad that we were able to uh, be part of your dog walk and part of your busy day. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I think I have a poop to clean. <laughs> I think you do. I'll let you get back to that. <laughs> there is more from Roof English with all the news from Iceland in English at ruv.is slash English. Roof English Radio is a daily English language radio from Iceland's national broadcaster, Roof. <laughs>